Good morning and welcome to the Haley's Comet Breakfast Podcast, the podcast associated with Haley's Comet Breakfast Club, the most fun and most awesome 80s themed coffee shop in The Hague. You're listening to Liana, a longtime fan and first time podcaster for the Haley's Comet Breakfast Club, and I'm joined here today by the one, the only, the owner of Haley's, Brits. And the crowd goes wild! Hey, Liana, thanks for the great introduction, and it's so much fun to do a podcast, also for the first time. Yes. I think in total I've listened to one and a half podcasts myself, so this will be fun. Yes, this is basically you joining us into the podcast world a little bit, even though you, you're not really a, that much of a listener. All right, let's introduce ourselves. So as I said, my name is Liana, I am a huge fan of Haley's, and I enjoy coming here a lot. Um, I have a podcast with my website that's called the Self-Help Hipster Podcast, and I've written two books in Dutch that are self-help books that basically tell you to chill out and live your life a little bit more relaxed. Um, and uh, yeah, I live in The Hague, and I've been coming to Haley's ever since I found out that it existed, because I, uh, I really like the, 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 the community and the ambience that Britt uh, managed to, to pull off uh, in here. Britt, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So my name's Britt. I'm 31 years old now, and ever since I visited the United States, uh, New York in particular, when I was 15, mm -hmm. I found out that you could have an espresso bar uh, in a bookshop, for example. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of reading, and I'm a big fan of coffee, also since I was 15. So I thought, when I turn 30, which is of course when you're 15, the big age, you know it all, <laughs> your life's gonna be perfect. Exactly. I wanna own a coffee bar. So I had this whole picture of Gilmore Girls, mm, of Luke's Cafe, sure. of Friends, mm -hmm. where people meet in my head. But then I started studying and I actually uh, became a human rights lawyer. I graduated in the big crisis in the Netherlands about eight years ago. So I figured I don't care for this. Mm. I don't want to do volunteer work for the rest of my life. So I became sure. a barista and I specialized in coffee. I was a waitress also, also on the side since sure. I was about 16. And I finally decided to open up Haley's Comet when I was 29. And two months later, I turned 30. So actually, this long lost dream that I... You pulled it off. Yeah, I pulled it off in the end, which so, is great. So it really it was something that was like inside of you all this time. Basically, for half your life, you were already sort of like thinking about this and planning this out. And then you, like a few months before you turned 30, you turned it into a reality. So it's such a weird long lost dream that yeah. I picked up again, you could say just in time before I turned And what was, the, what was the trigger that made you decide, fuck it, I'm gonna do it? So I was a manager of another coffee bar yeah. in The Hague also, mm -hmm. and I thought if I can pull this off and I can make it so much fun here, how much fun could it be with my own concept, my yeah. own ideas, my own people? Yeah. Um, because I didn't want to be in the city center with all these tourists coming by sure. all the time. I want regulars, I want this friends vibe, this yeah. small town vibe, yeah. where you walk in, and the person knows your name, they know your drink, you maybe know some people sitting there. Right. Um, which is why I picked this location in the Zeehelde yeah. Quartier, mm -hmm. which is a bit of a funky uh, area sure, yeah. with a lot of independent shop owners, uh, some design shops, some other coffee bars. Yeah. So it would just be perfect to start up here. Amazing. And it is a really fun place. And can you tell me the 80s thing that you've got going? Is that something that was always in your head or did that kind of evolve? It evolved. Yeah. So I went to Australia for mm -hmm. six months to become a better barista because I yeah. thought when I do something, I want to do, do it right. right. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, I went by to every single coffee bar I could find in Melbourne where I was living and I took notes. Yeah. I scribbled a full moleskin 
just on coffee bars. Amazing. I included websites, photos, recipes, whatever I could find out. I and I've, I've heard, but correct me if I'm wrong, I've heard that Melbourne specifically is a really good coffee town. It is. Yeah. I think in every single office building even, you would find an espresso bar. And Amazing. the level is so high, yeah. I couldn't even find a job in the beginning. Because mm. they would let you trial mm -hmm. for 30 minutes, and if you can make... 36 perfect cappuccinos or <laughs> all the regulars coming by you would just not Fuck get hired it, yeah. um, so it's pretty brutal also mm. but fun in that yeah. sense and i had this idea of the coffee bar that is the perfect australian coffee bar with the brick wall mm -hmm. the industrial tables sure. which you see a lot and yeah. i like that but i don't want to be 13 in a dozen mm, so sure. i went on this road trip with my best friend michelle we drove to hamburg and there's all these themed restaurants. Like right. a Mexican would be like a Frida Kahlo Mexican. It would not just be any other Mexican. And an ice cream party would have this whole theme also. And I thought, why don't we have this in the Hague? Yeah. Why is it something for foreign cities? Yeah. Uh, or something only... that you see when you go on a city trip, but not necessarily in your own town. No, exactly. Yeah. And I think the Hague is, in that sense, still a small town because you yeah. see it in Rotterdam, in Amsterdam, but not in The Hague. Mm, so I thought, okay, I want a concept. I want full branding, not yeah. just another cafe with cakes yeah. and coffee. We were driving back and I usually drive. Michelle's not a great driver. Sorry, Michelle, <laughs> if you're listening. Love you, Michelle. I hope you don't get this far in the podcast. Um, so I just steered towards this gas station because I said, I have the idea yeah. for my business. You need to take the wheel. Mm. So I scribbled it on anything I could find in the yeah, car. Sure. And that's when Hagee started. Not with the name, of course. It was a, like a full brainstorm session. Yeah, sure. Um, but the idea of this 80s themed American cafe just came to mind because of this sort of free inspiration in Hamburg yeah. and all these beautiful cafes that I saw there. And I thought... 80s is going to be perfect because this it's rebellious, it. yeah. it's nostalgic, it makes you feel like you're coming home. Especially this American pop culture that most Europeans also grew up with. Because Absolutely. you watch so much TV, all the books, all the TV shows, everything big came from the United States back then. For sure, yeah. Um, so I thought this is the perfect sort of hook yeah. that I can hang everything on that yeah. I love about being in a cafe. Yeah. And we're actually in Haley's right now. And Britt, can you describe what we see here in your beautiful, beautiful coffee place? So what I wanted to do is make a space that is light, that you can enter easily. So it shouldn't be too cool, too mm. hipster. And obviously it's styled, but it's very light and open yeah, space. Yeah, very chill. Um, it has some art on the walls. I do changing exhibitions from local artists. There's some plants, but not... A millennial amount of time. <laughs> Not the urban jungle kind of no, type of which place. I love myself and yeah, I have sure. it in my house. But for here, I just wanted yeah. people to be able to fill up the space with their own personality. Sure. Instead of my crap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's some 80s things that you can find around. Like I bought a super cool arcade machine, which was, of course, a huge investment. But I thought yeah. I cannot have an 80s bar without an and arcade. And it is so cool. Yeah. Um, and I have some old Game Boys. There's... 80s art on the walls. There's, there's board games. There's a vinyl player. Yeah. Um, so there's just a lot of things that remind you of the 80s. Yeah. But it's not like a 60s diner where no. you have walls full of cars and car no. plates and memorabilia. No, it's um I think it's 80s nostalgia in like a very modern with a modern twist, but in a very modern environment. Exactly as you say, there's there's room for people here. It's not overpowering. It's complementary, so to so to speak. I hope so. Yeah. Well, I think so. And um, over the past year, I think that you've created a wonderful space where a lot of people come and join. Can you tell me something about the events that you do, like in the weekends and stuff? 
So what I thought is I want to do events that bring people together so that you can find yeah. your own community that is not so related to one thing because of course you can go to a sports club or mm -hmm. to church or to your school or your job but I wanted something that's sort of floating in a space between where yeah. everyone can just be themselves so whether you're uh, queer or black or white or skinny or fat or I don't care yeah, you can be whatever. 50 you can be 20 I just want people to feel at home so that's yeah. why I try to do a lot of different things mm -hmm. and people can ask me for events and oh, we'll cool. see what we yeah. can do so I do a, a game day once yeah. a month in which you can bring board games the arcades and free play we sometimes do old-school Dutch shoe competitions <laughs> which is noisy but fun um, and it's just a way to bring together different generations I think sure uh, sometimes we do live music usually of local artists or we join really in cool. at a bigger event like Popronde yeah um, I do art exhibitions with openings so that uh, the local artist's grandma can come by and yeah. oh, see their so lovely. grandson's yeah. art hanging on the wall, for example. Yeah. I think that's yeah. so important to Definitely. give space because now I have this wonderful space, so I want yeah. to share it. Um, and we also do sewing events, for example. Yeah. Uh, there's this great um, woman in The Hague, she's called Isabel, and she came here and we just started chatting. We've mm -hmm. never met, and from one thing came another, and now she has her own business where you can take uh, sewing lessons. Awesome. Uh, but we started here in the back, yeah, for example. Yeah, right, yeah. With just random ideas. Next month, we're going to do bucket hat sewing, for example. I mean, what, what's a bucket hat? It's like is this, that the like sun that? hat. It's oh, like so really? 80s. That's 90s, right? Like Also, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 80s and 90s, probably. Yeah, it's I think I remember it in the 80s Clueless. And 90s, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you can learn how to sew your own bucket hat from your old jeans. So Amazing. A bit of zero wasting but also learning how to craft something yeah. yourself, which is what I really like. Fun and very relaxing too. Yeah. Hey, and what do you like best about Haley's, about your own place? The people. Yeah. I think my dream is to fill it with people that are looking for a second home. Mm. Um, so every day in the beginning, which happens to every new business, every hour that you're empty, you think, oh no. Aww. And not because of the money. No. Because. I'm not in it for the money. No. I mean, I'm going to tell you all right now, don't start a coffee bar for the money. <laughs> it's the same with writing books. Just two pro tips from us. <laughs> exactly. It's a lot of hours, a lot of hard work. If yeah. you don't love what you're doing mm. and you're not in it for the process, no. don't do it. No. Um, but as soon as people started coming and started appreciating it, yeah, that's what you really do it for. And it's also hiring this team of beautiful people and teaching Absolutely, them more yeah. on how to work hard, yeah. how to talk to people, how to entertain people. Yeah. Um, because the goal of Hades is to make you feel at home. And it yeah. can be on your worst day and then you're on your best. Awesome. Can you, tell, can you tell the people how we met in your coffee place? Do you, do you remember our first meeting? If not, I'll tell the story because I think it's delightful. It's a long silence. It seems so long ago. Okay. I feel like I've known you my whole life. I know, but that's, I think that's just the power of like your personality and mine where you're just like, oh, I like you. Let's be friends. And then you're friends and everything just goes from there. I know like another nice story that I can tell later on. Oh, please but do. You tell this yeah, one. okay. So we have a mutual friend, Anuska. Shout out to Anuska. And uh, she told me about this place. And I was here and I think I was writing, I think it was my second book. Uh, and I would just come here and the food here is so good and the coffee here is so good. So I was like immediately hooked and, and then uh, I met you. And I think at one point while I was sitting here, you basically asked me like, do you like cheese, cats and beer? 
that's that was your question to me because that that's what what I needed to like in order for us to be friends. Well, I don't like beer, but I do love cats and cheese. So that's basically the first like I had two out of three, so there was enough for us to become friends. And I think basically we went from there. I think you even gave me a fountain pen. I did, yeah, but that was later, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think I that was later. That because yeah. you were like, oh, you also love fountain pens. Here's mine. Yeah. It's like. Who is this woman? <laughs> Who gives fountain pens to people? Why would you randomly <laughs> give a barista a fountain pen? Oh, because I know that you liked it. Is That's however the thing. wearing a, like a jumpsuit covered in planets and yes. UFOs, so I feel pretty special right now. Yes, I uh, I am wearing my Haley's themed dungarees. I saw these on um, uh, this movie channel that I watch on YouTube. They're called Movie Bitches, and they talk about movies and RuPaul's Drag Race, which I also really love. And Avril is one of the people, it's uh, Avril and Andrew, and Avril was wearing this particular dungaree, and I was just like, okay, I don't know, I don't know what needs to happen, but this is gonna happen, so I'm gonna find out where these are from. And they're from Thunder Egg, and they're very, very cute. So. Cars actually stopped in the street just now. Like, she would jump in front of a car <laughs> to cross the street wave at them and then we just let her pass like she's the queen it's great you should get one it's so cute it stops traffic also not sponsored but I would not also yet like yeah one. exactly they also, they also have one with dinosaurs i want that one next Sounds okay great. we're getting sidetracked but that's okay we talked about haley's about your place about what you like best so what's your place like my place my place is a very <laughs> boring place it's a desk with a laptop and i sit there and i write words with the hopes that eventually they are coherent that's what i do oh that's why you're here all the time i get it yes that's what I, that's basically it so um it's not a, it's not a fun question but i'm kind of interested to hear the funny story what's the worst thing about this about owning your own place I would say the worst thing is also the best thing. You can do whatever the fuck yeah, you want. Yeah. So in the beginning, I would work 80 hours a mm. week. I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. Um, because I can always, and still after a year and a half, almost years, I can always think of more things to arrange and yeah. to do and to meet and to... There's always something to do, which is the great thing and the worst thing. Exactly. Yeah. So every time I think, oh, I've got things going. It's great. It's busy. And then I build a terrace and the next day the municipality walks in and says, hey, you need to break down your terrace because we're redoing the street. Oh, fuck. Um, so you can be super <laughs> proud one day and the next day you're breaking it down. Down the dumps, yeah. And, and the whole street thinks you built a, a legal terrace even mm, though you waited for eight mm. weeks for your permit. So yeah. it can be fun and terrifying and it's a lot of freedom, but it's also a prison. Yeah, for because sure. Because the freedom that you have, I think it's the same for, for writing a book. You have so much freedom. Yeah. You Sometimes you don't know what to do it. with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's hard work, but mm. it's fun. Yeah, for sure. Hey, and just a final question about Halis before we move on to our pop culture 80s thing of this episode. Can you tell me a little bit about the art that I'm currently looking at? Because I've seen it while I was here a couple of times this week, where it's basically these really cool portraits. Who is it from and what's it about? Um, so actually... It's from Dennis Baptiste. He lives yeah. in this area. He lives a few blocks from here. Mm -hmm. And I've known him for about 10 years, I think. Because wow. he used to drink coffee at the other bar where ah. we worked. Um, and we would always have these fun chats. He has a really cute dog, which Is helps. that the black dog? No, it's a different dog. Oh, okay. Yeah, you haven't met him. Yeah, no, no. There's this other guy who has this really, really lovely... I think it's a, like a pit bull terrier type dog. I'm not sure if it's exactly that one. But he seems really nice and his dog is super cute. Um, and... Um, 
He also happens to be an artist. See, exactly. He's, he's like, it's like the artist type kind of. Okay, but it it's is. a different guy. But he also has a dog. Yay, there's so many people with dogs here. Yeah. I love would it. love to start a dog cafe instead of a people cafe, but sure. there's no money in it. Yeah, that's true. They, those those bastards are greedy. <laughs> um, no, so this artist um, is self-taught. So he taught himself <gasps> how to draw. Amazing. This is his side hustle, not his full-time job. Wow. But he's amazing. He draws mostly comic book characters. Yeah. Um, and movies that are based on it. So uh, it's the Joker, Batman, yeah. uh, Wolverine, Wolverine, Catwoman. Are I love the Stranger Things ones. I think those are so amazing. Yes. Yeah, so we also did a three piece on uh, Stranger Things, and I always try to give space to people that are either starting yeah. out or live in the area or do something related to the eighties. Yeah. Awesome. Um, but it has to click. So yeah, I really sure. like giving yeah. people space if it fits right. Sure. It has um, to be right. Yeah. And these are reproductions because the actual pieces are huge and oh, I bet. so expensive and I did not want the responsibility mm, of that. Um, yeah. But his name is Dennis Baptiste. You should okay, look cool. him. He's great. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll put him in the show notes like official fancy podcast people. So we'll, fancy. We'll make show notes. Amazing. I did not know it worked like that. Okay. Well, honey, I'll take you into the wonderful <laughs> world of podcasting. Okay, for today's episode, we decided to... Well, there was basically only one thing that we could do. For the first episode of the Haley's Comet Breakfast Club, there was only one movie that we could watch. The Breakfast Club. Hell yeah. Obviously. Obviously. So, Britt and I watched The Breakfast Club, which is a wonderful movie. It's basically one of the first, one of the classic coming-of-age teen movies. Um, I don't remember the year that it was... I think 1984. I think so too. Um, and it is a really fun and kind of weird movie, if you really think about it. Yeah, so we did not watch it together. We did not watch to together. Because it's sort of like Corona time yes. still. Yeah. And we're now sitting apart quite far. Yes. Which is unusual for us because we're mm. loving people. We're snuggly people, usually. Very, yeah. yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the first today, time also, it was pretty awkward, can I just say? Yeah. I was working, Leona just like sat on my lap, but it was <laughs> the other way around. I do have a thing with boundaries, I'm working on it, okay, I'm working through it, fine. that's true. Yeah, so we watched it apart from each other, and I have to say, Leona, the first like, mm. 30 minutes, I thought, what am I doing? This is so boring. Sure. When was the first time that you watched this movie, for the first time? I think about 15 years ago. Yeah, me too, like I was super young. I'm totally into the... American pop culture. Yeah, so when me I was too. 15, I started binging everything. Yeah. Did you uh, watch any of the other Hyun Huey's movies? Because this is, this is a movie who, that's made by filmmaker John Huey. He unfortunately passed away in 2009, but he's like super well known for these types of teen coming of age movies. He's also made 16 Candles. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which I haven't seen but should watch. It's great. And, and Pretty horrible. in Pink also. I've seen all of them. Yes. And he's also written Beethoven, National Lampoon, and The Home Alone. Whoa. Right? Yes, this is my youth. I know. Absolutely. So that's really, really yeah. cool. Um, but this is, I think that um, The Breakfast Club is the movie by him that I've watched the most. So what do you think? Rewatching it. Ah, it's slow. It, like, I liked it. And there's, but there's also some parts where you're just like, ah, that doesn't really fly anymore in 2020. It's kind of icky what you're doing now under the, the desk of, of some girl. Super weird. Super, super creepy. feminist. Yeah. Absolutely. I like the archetypes that they're playing. So basically the, the movie is about like five archetypes. So there's the princess, which is played by Molly Ringwald. The jock, which is played by Emilio Estevez, which, uh, Estevez, which is Martin Sheen's son, by the way. 
little trivia for you there. There's more where that came from. Um, and then there's, um, she's not very well known, but her name is Ali Sheedy, and she plays uh, Allison, the basket case. Then there is um, Brian, who is played by Anthony Michael Hall, who is in pretty, like, in a lot of the John, John Hughes movies. In all of them. Yeah, for my feeling. Yeah, he's 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 like little dweeb, but he's uh, he's 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 a lot in that movie. And finally, the criminal, uh, because uh, Anthony Michael Hall Bryan is the brain. And then there's um, Judd Nesson who plays Bender, who is the criminal, and he's basically the bad boy of the group. And they're all in detention. They're all in detention. They're in this. Uh, yeah, kind of gyna- gymnasium library type of. I think it's the library. It's like yeah. this full big yeah. high school, high school American library, high school. Yeah. Um, so of course, when I watched it the first time, you think, "Oh my god, an American high school! This mm. is gonna be great." Yeah. Yeah. All you see is this fucking library. Yeah. You don't go anywhere. You don't even go to the cafeteria, kind of, because the only thing that you see is the hallway when they're sort of like running around for a little bit. But it's um, what I like is that they're playing these archetypes, but as the movie progresses, you find out that these archetypes are only like a little bit of who they actually are, and that there's so much more, and that they have more in common than they realize, and that there's like a common denominator of, I feel like an outsider, I feel like I don't belong, and I feel like I'm the weird one, and I feel out of place. Even the, the princess slash, slash prom queen feels like she doesn't belong. And I think that that's a really cool theme that's very applicable to teens of all ages and all generations, where when you're that age, you think you're weird and you think that everyone else is have, has it together and you're the one who's weird and freaking out and not doing it right. right? Well, actually, that's basically all of us. That's what we're all doing. Yeah, so so I that I really to, like. Yeah, me too. I have to admit, so the first half hour, I was like, <laughs> oh, this is so slow. La, la, what is Liana putting me through? Should we do this podcast at all? I'm going to call her and cancel. I'm just going to This gonna is a know. waste of I'm time. I'm just going to pet my cat and drink coffee. <laughs> yeah. You know, sure. forget about this. Sure. But then the movie progresses, and I ended up crying at the end. Mm. Because one of the sentences that most people will know is, we're all pretty bizarre. Yeah. Some of us are just better at hiding it. Yeah. That's... That's, that just describes Hades. Yeah. I feel like... Because this place is so open-minded and you can feel it, I hope, mm-hmm. um, we're all bizarre. Yeah. So also all pretty normal. Yeah. It just depends on how you want to look at it. That's a very pretty way of saying it. Nice segueing it back and tying it into Haley's Brit. Lovely. Why did you cry? What made you cry in the movie? So at the end of this movie, they all go back to their yeah. normal Nor- lives, yeah. of course. Quote, unquote, normal lives, yeah. One day in their life in the library, and then you just think... It's the same way in mm. your in your own life. You yeah. meet these people, you see that this really small profoundly part. change you, and then you go back to the regular things. Yeah. So yeah, you have this temporary connection with people, whether it be in detention in this movie yeah. or here at Haley's when we met, yeah. or something you see on Instagram is something yeah, that or something want that to you portray. yeah, something that you meet, someone that you meet on holiday, or like a, a like a someone you met at work. It's like they can be anywhere, and there's this connection there that can change you, but like a lot of people, like in a lot of relationships, you eventually let each other go because that's just the way that things work. Exactly, and you just realize again, I think this is the big thing in the coming of age part Mm. of the movie is that everybody goes through their own shit. You all have your own world in which things are not great. And realizing that about other people makes you feel so much more sympathetic towards them. Exactly, and towards yourselves, as well, I would say. It's um, 
it's what binds us in a way and to be aware of that makes you more compassionate towards both the other person as yourself and I think that's super healthy and what I really like in this movie is that they all show emotion and um, they all do it in quite different ways so for instance Bender the criminal John Bender he you can tell that he's not right he's upset and he's like struggling and finding his way and he acts out that's his way. And I'm not, I'm not saying that that's good or I'm not excusing that, but it's a very, I think we've all seen that person. I think we've all seen that guy or that girl who's like acting out and you know, like you're doing this because you feel bad, not necessarily because we're bad. You're doing that because of how you feel, not what we do. And the same with um, the jock, like it's too, obviously it's very, um, 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 men showing emotions used to be a, even a bigger issue than it is t today. Um, and the, the girls who are so opposites in the beginning but also have a lot in common in the way that they, they deal with feelings and stuff and I think that's really nice and I really like the dialogue I think John Huey really manages to um, get the points across just through the interaction of the people I think this movie is basically dialogue driven only dialogue, only dialogue driven. driven nothing yeah. happens Yeah, I feel like now you have all these great shows on Netflix also, like yeah. Sex Education. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, 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 it's perfect. But these dialogues and these archetypes are all jumbled. Everything yeah. is new and open. Yeah. And it's amazing. Yeah. It's queer. Yeah. It's, everything is in these shows. So I yeah. think for young people now, knowing these shows, looking back to mm. this 80s movie, can see how far we've come. Absolutely. Because I think we forget sometimes that yeah. now I live in a big city. Um, and it's so open-minded, the people around me that I've collected myself mm. are open-minded. Yeah. But it hasn't always been that way. No. And mm. you see that in the TV shows, in the pop culture now. Yeah, more representation. One of yeah. your favorite shows is a drag show. Yeah, absolutely. I cannot imagine yeah. in the 80s that, that would being not a have big happened. hit. Mm -mm. Yeah. It would have been obscure and it would yeah. have been weird. And, and it, would have been, it would have been frowned upon by the general public. And exactly. I think that that has changed so much. And I think that's really, really beautiful. And I think this is one of the movies that yeah. sort of pushed those boundaries. Absolutely. In all its simplicity yeah. now, when yeah. we watch it, I mean, I can be bored the first 30 minutes. But if you look back to the significance of this movie, Absolutely. this time, we've come so far. But it's built on this. Yeah, definitely. Would you like to hear some trivia facts? Obviously. So there's quite a few scenes in The Breakfast Club that were actually improvised by the actors. Do you have any idea what those could be? Just take a wild guess or two. I would say the dances. That's really fun, yeah. What's, what actually happened with those dances was that Molly Ringwald was too scared to dance on her own. So they made the other actors, even though it wasn't scripted and it wasn't planned, they made the other actors dance. Nice. And they all decided that Alison, uh, so the basket case, Ali uh, Sheedy, the actress, was the best dancer of them all. Did not expect that. Right? Same. That's cool. Yeah. What else could be an improv moment? I would say maybe when the jock discusses his feelings mm -hmm. back home, that that was improvised. Actually, the scene where they sit and they talk about why they're in detention was completely improvised. So they did not agree why they were in no. detention? No, they all, that was completely improvised by the actors. Isn't that amazing? But why? John Huey just told them to do it and see what would happen. And I think it was wildly successful. It's great. Right? Yeah, did not expect that. Same. The other quite surprising uh, thing that was improvised was the absolutely epic legendary now classic 
memed all over the place. Fist Race by Judd Nelson, the actor that plays John Bender at no the way. end. Yeah. He, um, he was told to do like a couple of different things when he was walking over the, over the field. And this was one of the things that he just did like at a random and uh, they liked it so much that they made the, the, the end screen of the movie. That's such an epic vision that when you think about 80s movies... That's what you see, you right? See a dude with a jukebox under someone's window and this. Yeah, 16 candles in the breakfast club. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, I think that's just so cool. Um, and also the joke that um, uh, Judd Nelson tells when he's walking through the fence. I think it's about a blonde with a poodle and a two-foot salami. There's no punchline. He There's was just... No, it's such a bad joke. It's like, a horrible... Why? <laughs> it's why? a horrible joke. It's like a dad joke from a 16-year-old. It's so weird. It's, there, and, and there's no punchline. There's literally no punchline. No, line. he just yeah. says something weird. Yeah. So that was improvised. That was improvised, oh, yeah. thank God there was some bad improvising. Yeah, also. yeah. Well, that's good to know. Makes like that they're, that they're not perfect. It makes them human. Yeah. Would you like to know who, uh, what other actors and actresses were considered for several of these roles? I think this is my favorite part to look up on IMDb. So I don't feel like I have a choice. Yeah, so basically so you have to enjoy this. I'm going to tell you, and you're just going to sit there and take it, basically. I'll just eat my cake. Okay, great. I, yeah, I'm not eating it because then you'll hear me chew. But um, it's it's really, exactly, it's really hard because Britt made this beautiful coffee cake that's just like seducing me from the side. But first, I have to focus. So for Claire, for Molly Ringwald's role, Jodie Foster. No. Right? It would have been so wrong. It would have been so weird. No. She is so severe. She Even when she was that young, she was really severe. I know. I yeah. know what she looked like back yeah. then. She right? She would have caught Hannibal Lecter at fucking 16. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'm sure of it. Yeah. So, actually, they couldn't really find anyone for Andrew, which is why Emilio Estevez eventually took the role. But if um, they, they were thinking about these different types of characters, Jim Carrey, Michael J. Fox... Tom Cruise, Rob Lowe, and Matthew Broderick. That's what they had in mind. Kind I could of. see some of them working. Me too. Especially like Matthew Broderick and uh, Tom Cruise. I could see that happening. I mean, Tom Cruise is a little bit intense, but that was later years. I think in the beginning, like when he was younger, he was not so. I could see Michael nuts. J. Fox. Me too. Yeah. I mean, I, now I just see Back to the Future when yeah. I think of him. <laughs> but I mean, could have worked. He was so cute back then. So oh, he was high. so cute. Oh, lovely. So for Allison, actually Molly Ringwald wanted that role. Really? Yeah, they said so, um, but they didn't do it. And Brooke Shields was also considered. She could pull it off. I think she could pull it off. But I think she's. Um, I think she's too cheery. But that's usually. how she's portrayed. Yeah, I that's think true. Her biggest roles, like Suddenly Susan. Yeah, which is also featuring so Judd Nelson. Judd Nelson is in uh, Suddenly Susan. Yeah. Um, and for Bender, and this makes me laugh just so much. Nicholas Cage. No. Yes, but they couldn't. They couldn't afford a salary. <laughs> Thank God. Right? Can you imagine? No. That would have been so odd, because he's so intense. He's just like he's so much all what the time. What does he even look like as a teenager? Uh, he was pretty handsome. I can I confess something? I love the the movie City of Angels. What? If, if I want to have a good cry, if I want to have like a big ass cry. I watch City of Angels and I ball from like start to finish. I don't I don't know. It's that movie does something to me. So if I'm ever heartbroken, we're gonna watch this movie yes. together. So yes. Okay. 
Yeah. I'm not going to break up, though. No, please don't. Okay. We can watch that movie whenever you want to cry for other reasons. Like when Corona's over. Yes, like a cry from relief. We can watch City of Angels and get it all out of our system. This is great. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Perfect. So when he was doing that, I mean, he's not attractive, per se. Um, but he's, he, he's, he's a good actor, question he's, mark. <laughs> he's always looked like a dad. Yeah, and he, yeah, he just, whenever he gets angry, he just gets so intense. And that would have been weird for, well, Bender is intense at times, but I think Judd Nelson was actually right on the money. He's I think great. that was really good. He's a great actor. Yeah. Um, and um, John Cusack was also considered for the role of John Bender. He's too nice. I think so too. He's too nice. He has his even his face is too sweet. I mean, but I don't know him personally. No, sure, but he looks he looks too nice. And what I really find funny is that Judd Nelson was like a method actor. And the funny thing was that he went to like um, laundromats and would sit there and use his bender gaze at women, and they called the cops on him because it was so creepy. Well done. Well done. Not so funny. He was so method that he kept harassing and bullying Molly Ringwald even when they weren't filming. So they're not friends right now. Um, they probably got over it, but John Hughes was so upset that he nearly fired Judd Nelson for the way that he acted around and treated Molly Ringwald. Whoa. Right? He was like really, really intense. And the janitor in the movie, I forget his name, but and uh, forget the actor's name, but in in the movie, uh, his name is Carl. He um, stayed away from like the crew and the and the other actors to sort of like um, keep the distance that you kind of feel when you're like when you're high schoolers versus janitor. Mm, you're such a barrel full of knowledge. I know. I, I just love it. movie trivia. I think it's so cool. It's like I'm yeah. just listening to IMDb. I know. I I like I scurried all through IMDb. To sort of like think of things to talk about, but I just think it's so fun. Oh, one one final one, and then then we'll we'll move on. You crack me up. This is this is how we fill podcasts. Yeah, you just you, you just ramble and see what sticks. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, right. It's my job. It's so easy. It's my job. I just make coffee in between. Yeah, but sometimes. a podcast is basically talking to someone you like for I don't know thirty minutes an hour. That's what a podcast is. And anyone who tells you it's more difficult than that is lying. Do we get paid for this? No, that's the shitty part. Damn but it. Yeah. Okay. Other than that, it's pretty pretty great. You bought me dinner though. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Worth right. it. So. Do you know who Laura Dern is? No. Laura Dern plays the dinosaur doctor in Jurassic Park, the woman. Okay. She actually auditioned for the role of Claire, and she didn't get it. And then from there on out, she started referring to the John Hughes movies as teen junk, which I think is hella salty. <laughs> it is. I would be mad. I'm right? Pissed. Yeah. She's great in Jurassic Park, though. She, oh, I love her in Recently Jurassic Park. Recently watched it, actually. Oh, I can watch it. I think I watch that movie every six months. I feel like it, it sounds now as if we only watch 80s movies. We don't, but we do like 80s stuff a lot. I do. Yeah. Yeah. It's just some of the best pop culture shit was made then. So which movie are we going to watch next time? I would love to watch Ghostbusters. Yeah, you talked about this before. Yeah. Yeah. I think we could. We could. And otherwise, maybe another Hyun Huey's one. So like 16 Candles or Pretty in Pink. Or, or Ferris Bueller, which I haven't seen yet, so that might be kind of cool. Might be a bit too close to... The yeah, we might do, have to do something completely... Back to the Future is also definitely a competitor. I love Back to the Future. Yeah. Or maybe E.T. E.T. is oh, very cute. But I think it's from the 90s, isn't it? I think it's 80s. Still, still 80s. Okay, 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 okay. Cameron Diaz is pretty old. No, wait, it's not Cameron Drew Diaz. Drew Barrymore. 
Whoa, whoa. Okay, it's not me for trivia. It's you. I'll yeah, leave that's it up true. to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll leave you in your notebook. And that's very cute. Like I could, I was just like, where are they, who, who does she play the alien in ET? What's going on? <laughs> whoa, salty. <laughs> not salty, mean. It's a difference. God. Okay, so mean. Play okay, mean. Yeah, play mean. It's just play mean. Um, what do we recommend this movie to people? So don't watch it on a date. No. Or if you want to do other stuff than watch the movie, then yes, play yeah, this movie. Yeah, it's Netflix and chill uh, able, sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, maybe on like a boring Sunday and you're like, oh, I need to fold some laundry. Yeah. Want to get back into pop culture and See, the I'm kinda, industry. See, I'm kind yes. of, yeah, I'm kind of on the fence about it because I, I get what you're saying about doing something else while you're doing it. But at the same time, because it's so slow and because it's so subtle, maybe you should give it your undivided attention instead because that's, that's when you really do grasp more of it because i was sort of like the same as you i was just like every now and again in between i was doing something else and then i completely missed a couple of key moments so if you have never seen it then watch it with your full attention if you have seen it before and you just want to rewatch, then you can like maybe multitask a little full full laundry and multitask. Stuff. you I'm, didn't i'm doing monotasking only nice that's smart Work is all multitask. Yeah. Because I, like, I give you a wink, I make a coffee, and I tell the dishwasher what yeah. to do. So at home, I monotask. That's good. So I watch it's the movie. It's good for the brain. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So this is why I was so bored. Yeah, because it was just that thing. But hey, being bored is good for the brain, too. It's pretty good. So it's in your book. Watch the movie. I've read your book. So. Yes. My book is available wherever fine books are sold. Just, by the way, in between a little commercial for my two books, You Moet Bijna Nix and Dinge Anders Doen. They are in Dutch, so if you're not Dutch, sorry about it. Yeah, so um, we're doing this in English, by the way, not because we're weirdos, but because uh, well, half the people... We're, we're pretty weird. Okay, so we are weirdos. <laughs> sorry. You're so right. Damn it. So we're weirdos, but also not for that reason. We're doing yeah. it in English. But half it's the unrelated. People... The weirdo thing is unrelated to the fact that we're doing it in English. And that's because half of the people coming to Hades are international. Yeah. And we want to make everyone feel welcome. Yeah. So it's not because we want to be cool, which we aren't. Well, I think just because we are not cool, we're actually cool. Well, your dungarees are pretty fucking cool. My dungarees are pretty fucking cool. I think all the coolness that I may not have, my dungarees still have. So I'm like compensating. True. Perfect. So yeah, that's why we're doing it in English. Um, it's um, uh, easy enough for us to do and it's a fun way to include everyone. Um, so before we move on to the final segment of our uh, podcast, I do want to ask you as a listener, and especially if you're a longtime Haley's fan, a first time listener, if maybe you want to be in the podcast, because the one thing that we love about Haley's is the community. And I know for a fact that there's a lot of super cool and interesting people in here who either love Haley's or the 80s or both. And I would love to talk to you. We would love to talk to you. And it would be super fun if you would join us for the podcast and hang out with us and maybe talk about 80s movies, 80s TV shows, or 80s music. So if you're interested in that, please email us at Haley's Breakfast Podcast at gmail.com. And we would love to invite you for uh, maybe a second or a third episode to talk to you. We have an email address? Of course we have. Bitch, I am on it. What? <laughs> You're so professional. Your shirt even says so. Right? Yeah. Oh, I wish you could see her right yeah. now. But okay. We'll take a picture. Yeah, so email yeah. us or, you know, come by for a coffee. Yeah, you can also let us know, like, in the, like, actually in, in Haley's, but you can also talk to us on our social media. But if you send us an email and say, hey, we would love to, I would love to hang out with you for the 
Haley's Comet Breakfast podcast. You are most welcome. We would love to talk to you. And I think it would be super fun to talk to more of you and get to know more of the beautiful people that are part of Haley's Comet Breakfast Club. So... To conclude the podcast, we have decided that we're going to share with you 180 song each that you have to listen to today, just to make you feel like you're in a mood, make you have fun, make you dance around the room, or maybe get all nostalgic with it. So my song is actually the Ghostbusters theme song by Ray Parker Jr. And I'll tell you why. I, for some reason, love this song. Always have, always will. And I think it was because I watched the new Ghostbusters movie, which was fine, by the way, you fucking haters, because everyone was like all mad about it because it was a girl's movie. It was fine. Obviously, it's not as good as the original, but nothing ever will be. And we just got to accept that and move on. But then I started listening to like the old soundtrack of the first movie. And it's just so fun. There's no better word for it than it's just fun. And so I listened to it a bunch which is how it turned up in all my Spotify top 100 lists for the past two years at like the halfway mark. So I'll have all these like Beyonce songs and black songs, black as a rapper, um, all these like, I'm awesome, I'm awesome rappers in my in my list. And then all of a sudden there's just like, and it's the Ghostbusters theme song. So please do it for me. Look it up on Spotify or Apple Music and listen to the Ghostbusters theme song. Who are you gonna call? <laughs> You're so talented. You can even sing. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know how you do this. I just I just ramble and see what happens. Just I start a sentence and I don't really know where we're gonna <laughs> where we're gonna end okay, up. Okay, that I know. Yeah, that's familiar to you too. Okay. So I also uh, thought of a song. And yes. It's actually dedicated to Shana. Shana works here. Mm-hmm. If you've been to Haiti, shout out to Shana. Um, she's been with Haiti since the start. I did not know her beforehand, but we just hit it off straight away. And her favorite 80s song is This Must Be The Place by The Talking Heads. And if you hear the intro, I'm hoping Liana will like insert a bit of the intro here with her digital skills. That yeah, I, don't I, don't, I don't know if I can, but I, I'll try. about finding your place and your home and where you where you belong and it's not as soppy as it sounds mm-hmm. and it's just a great catchy tune it's a bit melancholic almost but in a happy way it's great it's a great song i don't think i know it you must know it i, I so want to play you right okay now. we're gonna we're gonna play it like uh, when we when we we're gonna uh, dance around yes we're, we're g- <laughs> i don't want to take off my dungarees they're so cute okay. so talking heads and what was the title again This must be the place. This must be the place and the Ghostbusters theme song. Well, we'd really like to thank you for listening. If you haven't already, please follow the Instagram of the Haley's Comet Breakfast Club. You can also follow me on Instagram. My handle is Liana Gaming. And um, thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe if you enjoyed what we're doing. And if you want to hear more 80s themed podcast nonsense with us. Till the next episode. See you next time. Bye.